And that's what they call peace. <laughs> what? <laughs> like peace of... I don't know. Why are you facing... Can you please face the I'm microphone? I'm facing the Okay, you've, you're a veteran now. This is not your first episode. By the way, this is a late night recording of Screen Fix. Uh, this week we will be fixing Incredibles 2. And of course, there will be an episode of Screen Fix News dropping Monday. It is late night. This is adults only. This is rated PG-13. We are back with Torpedo. We have another awesome guest going by. McMike. McMike. So this is McMike, and he is here with us. What is your history with film... Why are you qualified to be on here? Well, I've seen movies before, and I like them. <laughs> Me too. I took a film class in high school. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst show on the internet. All right, so anyway, here we go. Mike, have you done anything recently that's film-related? Or maybe you finally coerced your kids into making the kid version of Casino. I don't know. Like, whatever you've done, let us know. What have you done lately, McMack? Tell us. It's, it's funny that you say that because my kids actually have been making a movie and they worked on it quite a bit this weekend, totally on their own. It's, it's been pretty fun to watch them actually get passionate about this, this art. What are they making? They're, they're making a spy movie. Ooh, like a Mission Impossible, pretty, like a James Bond. Pretty much. It's to... Rec- like a Spy Kids? I have four. Yeah. Yeah. Spy Kids, four... <laughs> <laughs> their their mission is to recover the uh, glowing pink rock. So it's uh, it's been good. So your wife obviously has one of those Himalayan, Himalayan salt, salt rocks. rocks. They, they have like a uh, some sort of stone that I I convinced them to put a flashlight behind to kind of create some special effects. It was fun. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I mean Wait, that's Jason has a Himalayan salt rock lamp i did that i'm looking did you at just, right now did you just spot that <laughs> like just spotted that I was like, oh. listen i am i'm down with clean air not air conditioning <laughs> you know why i can't have air conditioning it's because the quality of this it. podcast i, I understand I i've it. given you a cold drink that's yeah two of them i, I don't want to hear <laughs> two of them. all this complaining i'm great listen I'm okay because it doesn't sound like you are anyway uh, let's move on. Uh, Torpedo, you did our news episode this week. You were fantastic. They asked for you back. They wanted to hear more of Torpedo. They wanted to hear if your voice has recovered from... It has. It's, it's, it's almost there. Because it sounded like damage from 20 years of whiskey drinking and bad decisions. No, it was vodka drinking and tequila decisions. Okay. So. That's worse. Anyway, so tell us anything that you did in the last week. Maybe you finally finished your rugby haiku series. You know, like... It's almost done. Whatever whatever you did this weekend. uh, What did you do film-related since our last episode go? Absolutely nothing. All right. So So anyway... (laughs) I watched Jersey Shore. Does that count? No. It's not a film. I, I feel like you shouldn't admit that to the listeners here. Listen... Do you want more listen? They want. They need someone like me. We're talking about Pixar and Disney today. That's we why are, I'm here. We are talking about Pixar and Disney. Torpedo, what makes you a Pixar Disney expert? I'm obsessed. 
Uh, tell us about when your obsession first hit. Um, Disney in general. I would say my very first movie ever in a theater was The Little Mermaid. So that's where it all started. But I was always very interested in the music. The music is what got me pretty much addicted. I own all the sing-along VHSs along with the movie. Did you have the VHS tape? The VHS tape with the penis castle? I did. (laughs) I did. I'm authentic as shit. I like to know all those. You know... The the Lion yeah, King the se- thing, the, the, the boner yeah. and the priest. Yeah. yeah, the sex and the, the stars, and I'm sure there's more. <laughs> anyway, before we get too far off the rails, <laughs> uh, we are here oh. to fix Incredibles 2. What exactly is Mom's new job? She's an advocate for superheroes. I thought superheroes were still illegal. Hey, hey, the bus is here! So things haven't spiraled out of control the moment I left? Oh my god. And check, check. Looks normal to me. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Oh my god. Cooking. Wow, okay. That is freaky. Supers are no longer in control. I'll be there ASAP. You better be back ASAP. And I'm very excited to have these two guests especially because Torpedo loves Disney films, loves Pixar films. Then I've got Mick Mac who has four (laughs) children. Four! Just bionic sperm. This guy has four kids. And uh, I am very curious to hear his opinion of Incredibles 2 because I'm sure he saw it with all of his with all of his spawn. Spawn. <laughs> and right, so all of your spawn How was there. How old are your spawn? Uh, uh, they are. They range from uh, nine to eleven. Uh, first of all, that's a really short time to have four kids. <laughs> Is your wife okay? She survived. She's got a twitch. She's alive. That's fantastic. (laughs) Good for her. I have to cart her around, but she's fine. Uh, So good. So, Incredibles. Let's go ahead and jump right into our notes here about Incredibles. It shattered the previous opening weekend record for animated films, uh, and it finished with one of the top ten openings of all time for a film of any kind animated or live action really? um yeah uh, it opened with an estimated 180 million so it is a massive hit that eclipsed the opening record weekend for an animated film which was set two years ago by finding dory that was only 135 million uh, it even topped the 179.1 million opening for 2016's Captain America Civil War. So, huge hit. Incredibles 2. We're going to fix this movie anyway, even though it was a massive hit, uh, because we like to do this. We love movies. We don't just fix movies that are bad. We fix movies that are good, too, because we think all movies could use a little little love, a little coaxing in the right direction. What do you think? tweaking. Twerking, tweaking. <laughs> That's the Jersey Shore coming out. 
That listen, I'm from Philly. Like I grew up at the shore. She's from Philly. She grew up at the shore twerking. Incredibles two. We're about to twerk it. Here we go. Why don't you tell us the plot of this movie? Here we go. Torpedo. Start us off. So the movie starts off basically in a like investigation room, and there's this teenage boy. So this is the boy that Violet. Um, had a crush on and they were supposed to go on a date but because everything happened um, he saw her in an Incredibles costume with the mask off and he got freaked out so Mr. Incredible um, had mentioned to what's his name again uh, the investigator guy right uh, I don't remember his name well he got him and tried to get details basically confirmed that he did see Violet and then erased his memory so after that, flash forward to Underminer. M- Miki, take it. So after they get in trouble with the Underminer, um, you know, things don't uh, seem very, I guess, good for them. Um, right, because they cause massive destruction. Yeah, because they cause massive destruction. And uh, it looks like they might be in a lot of trouble. Um, but then someone actually uh, calls them, if I remember right, and uh, asks if they would meet with him. And it was uh, the Bob, Bob Odenkirk's uh, part. Uh, I forget the name of the character. It's uh, Right. He's like a very Winston. rich uh, uh, entrepreneur type named Winston. Yeah. Yes. And he tells the family that um, that uh, Elastigirl could possibly be the one to save uh, pretty much superheroes and their status in the community um, and that she would be the kind of the key to doing that. So they uh, agree for her to go meet with them and uh, they proceed to tell her that they are going to send her on some missions to uh, basically to save the city. But one key, and and this is very important, that uh, they will be videotaped while doing it. They'll actually have a little camera on their suit so that people can see exactly what goes on. So she goes out on her first uh, mission. All the while her husband is... uh, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Incredible is uh, actually taking care of the kids for the first time by himself, you know, dealing with uh, Jack, the baby, and uh, finding out that he has some new powers and uh, also the drama going on with his daughter uh, and also uh, their son and his homework problems and the uh, the new way of doing math. Which was pretty funny. I don't know that way. Why would they change math? Math is math. Math is math. (laughs) Um, So that's going on on that side. And then uh, Elastigirl is uh, finding out that, uh, you know, she I guess she comes across a a problem with a train uh, in which a uh, screen in the train starts to flash and make some weird visuals to it, which apparently makes people in the theater have uh, problems with epilepsy. And uh, the screens are hypnotic and they're controlled by the screensaver. 
Yes, yes, the screensaver. And uh, he makes the train go backwards and uh, basically out of control. So she does her thing and rescues the train at the last minute and becomes kind of the hero of the community. And then, I can't remember at this point, take it away, Torpedo. (laughs) So they all... um... The brother, who is really the advocate for all of the superheroes, puts together this cruise. And um, he's gathered all these superheroes that were hiding underground because they really admired what uh, Elastigirl had been doing and all the good that, like, publicity she's been getting, um, you know, not hurting any people or destroying much in the city. Um, So they kind of got confidence from her. So they arranged a meeting with all of these superheroes. So there was the acid reflux guy. There was the void girl. There was, um, there was the, the really strong guy that just likes to smash things. Crush. Um, there was a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Crush guy. Crush guy. Mm-hmm. After all of that, they had this cruise where they were going to bring all these, uh, politicians in, to um, especially the one that she saved at the yeah. train, they were gonna sign some. They were gonna Treaty. sign this this thing back into law where supers were not illegal anymore. Yes, um, but they wanted to do on this big cruise ship and make it big fancy thing. By that point, uh, she or the what is her what the bad girl's name? Evelyn. Evelyn. Yes. By that point, uh, Alaska girl had already figured out it was her. Put those goggles on. She called Mr. Incredible saying that his wife was in trouble. She hypnotized, you know, all those other superheroes and sent them to get the kids and Frozone. And then um, Frozone ended up getting hypnotized as well, brought them all back to on the boat. And it was basically up to kids at that point to save the parents, save the adults, save the rest of those superheroes. So they took it into their own hands, brought Jack-Jack with them, and... Um, yeah. And there was also a large part of the plot devoted to the father, Mr. Incredible, figuring out that Jack-Jack has like 17 different superpowers. Yes, and he couldn't control them along with regular math and teenage girl life, so... Except feeding him um, a massive amount of cookies. It was crazy. Of cookies! (laughs) All the cookies! Mike, as someone who has four children, how often have you resorted to cookies? Those were huge (laughs) cookies. That makes the problem worse, trust me. (laughs) How long have you given a child a cookie as big as its head? Every day. Every day. Anytime there's uh, any... (laughs) Any uh, disciplinary <laughs> problems, we find that giving them massive amounts of sugar makes things much better. <laughs> All right. Is that the end of the plot? How, how does this movie wrap up? Uh, uh, Mac? how does this movie wrap up? Um, the uh, children successfully take off all the uh, masks of the family as well as the other superheroes. And um, Mr. Incredible and, uh, and Frozone have to turn this boat before it hits the, uh, the city. Uh, meanwhile, Elastigirl and... Um, Void. Void, yes, thank you. They, they go uh, to capture the sister, Evelyn, 
and uh, and successfully do that. Uh, she is thrown outside the plane, and then she, uh, Elastigirl, uh, tries to rescue her and does it successfully with the help of Void, uh, as well as uh, Mr. Incredible and Frozone successfully turn the boat, and that's pretty much how the movie ends. The sister goes to jail, and the brother seems okay with it, I guess. Uh, that was a little odd, I thought, the ending, but... Um, Anyway, that's that was. It. I feel like in real life, I feel like Void would have been played by Reese Witherspoon if it was a real life. No. Why? She was Witherspoony to me. I don't know. Whenever I think of like Reese Witherspoon, I think of like Sweet Home Alabama, like or like Junebug, or someone like Southern and cute, All not right. voiding shit. Here we go. We're gonna dive right into this. We have our plot summary. Thanks, everyone. We tag team that summary. Bam. So here we go. Before we just start fixing a movie, we like to say the things we liked about a movie. A lot of people worked on a film, and I don't think any of us hated this movie. So we're going to say something we liked about it, and why don't you go first, Torpedo Go. I love Jack-Jack. He's so cute. (laughs) He was the comic relief of the movie. Like, pretty much every other... I don't know. I think Incredibles 2 was... It had adult themes to it. Like, it was very relatable to new parents... Or parents that were working full time that all of a sudden were stay at home. And because know. like Mr. Incredible had that big old gut he was trying to get rid that of. That too. He had and dad a lot bod. of men deal with the gut. Listen, there is a gym. You can go. You can do it. You can make time. That's because you're a professional. Okay, for everyone out there, <laughs> Torpedo is jacked. That's no, just a thing. I- I what do you do for work torpedo tell everyone actually what I actually do for work has nothing to do with lifting I just happen to be a wellness program manager for a corporate company and I manage like 14 gyms and then create wellness programs for people how many NCAA championship rings do you have I have two but and that's besides the point you also <laughs> love movies I do Disney movies Exactly, and that's why we have you here today. Exactly. But you can't just say, Mr. Incredible, get rid of that gut, because you're a super athlete. I'm not. I'm just an athlete. And you're not <laughs> middle-aged. Not yet. It's a little bit Give tougher. Me like three uh, if me and Micmac can can just chime in here, yeah. how easy is it to get rid of this gut, Micmac? Well, uh, I don't really know how to do it. Honestly, it's it's been a little, it's been a little hard. <laughs> I thought he was gonna be like, well, I don't have one, so it's not a worry. <laughs> no, this guy has four kids. Yeah. That's at least two inches circumference for each child. Yes, yeah. Some people have there, great genes. Listen, there's definitely Some people. <laughs> well, I'm about to bust out of my genes, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what is something that you loved about this movie, Mick Mac Go? So, uh, first off, I loved the Jack, the Jack Jack scenes with the raccoon. That was by far the funniest. Oh thing. my god! Oh my god, that was so funny. You actually, you actually just stole mine because I was gonna say that the thing that I liked the most about this movie was Jack Jack's <laughs> scenes against the raccoon in the backyard. That was just one of the weirdest, most creative animated scenes i had ever seen i could have watched that for hours that was awesome that's hilarious um but you know uh i i kind of liked how they brought the whole uh 
video camera on the superhero uh, debate. It just kind of made it, uh, I guess, um, you know, relevant and uh, more uh, just kind of up to date to what we're talking about nowadays. So I thought that was good. I like the most the Jack Jack stuff too. I I came alive in every Jack Jack scene. Jack Jack is the unsung hero of this movie. You know what I did love? I love they br- Edna. The they brought way back that she Edna. can handle Jack Jack and that Mr. Incredible couldn't. <laughs> I like that she was not about babysitting. And then all of a sudden she sees a bunch of his powers and she's all about she's babysitting. Like, For you, <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. And what's what's interesting is if you remember the first movie, she made a baby suit for him in the first movie. I didn't remember that. Right. When they were taking all the suits down the down the conveyor belt. And Edna's showing all the different uh, capabilities they have. The first suit that she brings through is the Jack-Jack suit. Huh. Right. So anyway, that's things I liked. Apparently, we all love Jack-Jack. Does and, it? And we're not sure how we feel about the rest of the plot. But we're going to go ahead. This is what we do here at Screen Fix. We are going to fix Incredibles 2. What the? Why don't you give us your first fix Micmac go. All right. So um, I had a real problem with the uh, Evelyn's motive for being upset with superheroes. I just didn't think it was strong enough to just be that angry at them, especially when her brother saw it just slightly different. And so I just felt like there needed to be more of a, you know, something else that would have caused her to to really hate them and want the world to hate them. Just the fact that her dad um, decided to try and call a superhero and the superhero wasn't there, which everyone knew, you know, that superheroes were kind of dying off or, or, you know, going away at that time. Right. I just, I thought that was kind of a weird, uh, you know, reason for her to be upset. So just something, some sort of catalyst that would, cause them to cause her to uh to hate superheroes more i don't know maybe a, maybe a good superhero ended up killing her parents uh, you know when they turned bad i feel like a good one would have been like i mean because their whole thing was let's pick elastigirl because she causes the least amount of damage so if it was something where elastigirl actually like did cause some kind of damage like the one percent that she did hurt was her parents or something along the lines of that so they're going to use her with the camera record some kind of damage you know under that reputation it could have they could have spun it that way that would have been an amazing twist like you caused the least amount of damage but the one percent of damage you did cause killed my parents exactly that is intense deep that is deep but that is screen fix right though why don't you give us your first fix there torpedo go so one thing that did bother me was they never caught the underminer in the beginning yeah and and they actually made that an issue like you cause all this damage but where is he yeah and then he doesn't show up so he got away so it was assuming you know you know he, he would show up at the end or you know at the end of credits you know they show that extra scene or two but they didn't. So I was in my head, what I had was, oh, well, if Evelyn is this 
screen saver, screen hypnotizer. Yeah. Maybe the brother is Underminer. Oh! But then it didn't happen, so... Nice. Oh, I would change it. Ooh. I would change it. I would change it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the brother is Underminer. Yeah, like... That would have been twist on top of twist, and it would have been so good. Like, if instead of, you know, the boat going into the city, like, the... You know, Mr. Incredible and Frozen were trying to turn it, but out of nowhere, the Underminer comes out and just like breaks the bottom of the boat. So it has to go straight or it has to turn the turbines right, or whatever. It's so drilling it, into the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they. Or made, it was already drilling you know, the city. Because they made it to where the one brother was, the brother was good and the sister was bad. What if, like, you're like, oh my God, the sister's bad and you think the brother's good and then, oh my God, they're both bad. Boom. There you go. Boom. My first fix, actually, this is ridiculous because your fix was so much better. You're welcome. My, my, <laughs> yeah, my fix had to do with the villain also, but you, you did a really good job of taking the two current villains and turning them into better villains, which was really awesome. So uh, what I had was that I hate the fact that the villain Evelyn was broadcast to be the villain so early. <laughs> it took me out of the movie because it made me so bored because I was like, okay, Evelyn's the villain. We all know she's the villain. She's being yeah. broadcast as the villain. Like, this is obviously the villain. So That's so funny that you say that because I asked my kids like what they didn't like about the movie. One of my kids said, why can't they hide the villain better? That exactly. What yes. Yeah. So funny. That's yeah. so funny. Like even kids could tell that Evelyn was the villain. So I said, you know, what if the whole Evelyn and the brother was a giant misdirect and the and Frozone was the villain the whole time? Ooh. That would have been a big twist if Frozone had been the villain uh, who was using the brother and sister as uh, just pawns in his in his cold game. <laughs> Maybe he sees Jack-Jack as some kind of uh, super mutant that is headed towards super invincibility and he's morally against it or afraid of it or something like that. Just like your kids, I didn't want the villain broadcasted to me. And it's amazing that your kids caught that from nine, you said they're nine to 11? Yeah. Age-wise? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you give us your next fix, Micmac Go? So, so th- it's almost like a common thing. I think we all kind of were a little uh, maybe disappointed in the the main villain uh, because I kind of think that uh, there needs to be the, like a like a a common thread villain, someone that's like kind of the arch nemesis to bring everything together. Plus, this is. I know this is just the second movie, but it's so monumentally successful. And we all knew it was going to be successful. There's going to be a third one there just to tie everything together. And maybe it would be the villain from the first movie. I can't remember what his name is. Um, Oh yeah. The one voiced by Jason Lee, who was a buddy, his fan club member who wanted to be incredible boy. Yes. Yes. Either, either something like that. Or, um, you know, something to kind of bring it all together and and maybe even have some sort of cliffhanger for the next movie. I, you know, I realize lately you guys have been talking about 
you know, trying to make sure that these movies are one succinct story. But when you've got a, yeah. a movie series like this, you know, it kind of calls for something that's a little bit like, you know, calling for the, the next movie. And, and, you know, you can't wait to find out what happens. Uh, I think that that would be something that would be nice for the movie series. So your fix is to have a central villain like Buddy to recur? Correct. Someone that is overseeing like all that's going on. What do you guys think? Yeah. Like you said, all of us agree that there is something missing with the villain. So if there was a bigger plot to it that connected to the first movie like that villain, yeah, it would make sense. So the ultimate would be if I was to combine everyone's Frozone in cahoots with Underminer. Yes. <laughs> being masterminded by the Jason Lee villain from the first one. Yes. <laughs> done and done. Why don't they call us to, to script doctor these And then things? pay us. And Because <laughs> for real. She's like, because I don't do shit. Not, man, like... <laughs> what the? All right. You're up next. Why don't you give us your next fix? Torpedo. So, I mean, it. my fix is along the same lines. It's just that finding out who the villain was was just too easy. So I was hoping there was going to be another underlying plot because Mac, you had mentioned earlier that it was just like oh it it's the same theme as the first movie like it was you know taking these illegal superheroes and they're still illegal in the second one so i was thinking you know maybe the villains um the brother and sister would use the whole let's take elastigirl and make her make superheroes look good again to take her away from her family because they knew that Mr. Incredible didn't really have it together as far as home life. So they can steal Jack Jack and turn him evil because he has so many powers. That's my fix. You stole it. I did not steal that. (laughs) Do you have your notebook open, Jason? (laughs) It's right here. I don't have a notebook. (laughs) All right. So anyway, fine. All right, I'm just going to piggyback on the back of this fix because I have no fix. That is my fix. So anyway, maybe we can both discuss this one. Why don't you be a chap and send it over my way? I'm going to send this over to JC. It's funny with this particular episode because all of us really had issues with the villain all of our fixes have to do with the villain the family characters are so good most of everything is so good it's the villain that is is no good in this one and the thing is comic book movies in general suffer from this yeah and incredibles 2 was not able to transcend that so i actually agree with torpedo I actually thought that Jack-Jack should have been the prize for the enemy. I mean, this is a super who's not like any other super. This is a super. They go out of their way to show that this kid has 17 powers. Was that an exaggeration or was that like... No, that, yeah, I think I think he's right. Yeah. It was actual? That was him telling... Because I, I was trying to count them yeah. in the movie. Well, that was him telling, telling the mom. He's like 17 to be exact. Some crazy being with 17 powers i figured would be central to some kind of kidnapping plot 
or trying to extract his DNA to make uh, some kind of super race of mutant weapons or something. Incredibles 3. I mean, yeah, yeah. because the thing is, is like Incredibles 1 secretly introduced Jack-Jack's powers with the babysitter, right? Yeah, he, he got on fire, right? Yeah. Right. So the babysitter's freaked out and Jack-Jack has these powers. So it's kind of teased there. The second movie could have taken it to the next level and Jack-Jack could have been found out about and and kidnapped. Which would have made sense if they used Elastigirl as like a distraction. Right. And for if the they, world. Right. So they take yeah. the child's mother away. They leave Jack-Jack in the care of the father, which maybe the child is more easily kidnappable that way. Yeah. Because the father has no idea what he's doing. Jack-Jack should have been the prize for a villain here. You can't introduce a character who's so outlandishly different from the other characters and not have him be central to the plot or a target. Yeah. And that's where my last fix lies. Instead, we got uh, a bunch of bad guys that, or I'm sorry, a bunch of good guys that became bad again, which we've seen in so many uh, of these superhero movies. (laughs) Right, exactly. So this one was kind of severely lacking the creativity of the first one and was falling into some of the tropes that superhero movies currently have. And we expected more from Pixar, right? Yes. Correct. Does anyone have any final fix uh, or any final comment? Anyone? Anything at all? Did Elastigirl's hips get bigger? I thought so. Listen, did you see Juju's meme? I'm sorry, but Elastigirl got hips that don't quit. Yeah. She thick. <laughs> oh my God, Elastigirl. Cartoon. I just wish her voice was it's better. Car- it's a cartoon. Well, she's voiced by Holly Hunter, who's not my choice of uh, sexy time voice. I thought they should have had one more scene of them drinking old fashions, just personally. Where do they drink old fashions? <laughs> Twice. Nice. Yeah. Where was that scene? Yeah, you don't remember? Uh, uh, no. Elastigirl at the party and uh, and Evelyn are drinking old fashions, and then uh, oh. l- later she comes out and says, "You got time for a drink?" And she holds up an old another old fashioned. So they were they were yeah they were taking them <laughs> down. That is awesome. All right, so I mean, without further ado, I think we can consider this movie everyone at the same time. Screen Screen fix. All right, let me go ahead and send us home. Here we go. So, if you don't agree with us, or if you have anything to add... I'll beat you up. Oh, God. (laughs) Please. (laughs) If you you care for your life, don't message. But if you're willing to step up to the challenge, uh, you can email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. Please tweet us at screenfixpod. Find us on Facebook, search Screen Fix Pod. We are also available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere really that you can find podcasts. McMack, why don't you give us your best Samuel L. Jackson telling his girlfriend that he's going out no matter what to fight crime. Go. What's his wife's name? <laughs> I can't remember what his wife's name is. I, I forgot <laughs> too. Go ahead. I am going out to rescue the world. Damn. <laughs> what? Oh, God. I totally thought of the commercial that he's in with, like, Shaq. Uh, oh, wait, with Charles Barkley. Not Shaq, sorry. 
That's what it That's sounds pretty like. Pretty good. Oh, I All thought right. you were saying uh, what's in your wallet. <laughs> oh yeah. Torpedo, your I best your best Sam Jackson. I can't do it. Just try it. Go. No, I'm bad. I can't. I can't do it. Nope. Mm-mm. Can't. Bye. I can't. I'm not good at impressions. That's actually pretty funny on its own, so I'm gonna let that go. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Woman! <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and you can't stop me. Yes, I hope they fly. And I hope they soar in hell. There you go. <laughs> anyway, that's ridiculous. All right. Be looking out for Screen Fix News on Monday. Bye, everybody. Later.